When I picture strong women, uh, they have a quality all their own. The, the images that come to my mind if I think of a strong woman. Um, they're, they're very different than what comes to mind if I think of a strong male. With men's strength, most often one will think of muscle and hard bodies and uh, maybe uh, aggressive power. Um, Decidedly unflinching and inflexible. Just in that image of strength, just that one particular image. Uh, And in the image of a strong woman, what comes to my mind is endurance, persistence, and perhaps resilience. Um, I'm thinking about hard bodies. Ellen DeGeneres said, I really don't think I need buns of steel. I'd be happy with buns of cinnamon. But strength is a funny thing, and, and what, what comes to my mind more often than an image that involves particularly one gender classification or another is something that you're not really going to be able to see well, but I brought it with me anyway. It's the picture of strength that goes with the tarot deck. It's a woman holding the head of a lion with, the lion's jaw is open and the woman's hands are on either side of it, very gentle. And underneath it, it reads strength. There's nothing weak about this kind of strength even if it includes tenderness. Or perhaps in a real world, something more akin to compassion or understanding that finds another way to approach that that would otherwise be dangerous. As I mentioned earlier, the continuum is not either or, but of varying degrees, right? Um, What I think we are watching is a modification at the speed of evolution over which we exert only a very humbling influence. Though it is genuinely influence, nevertheless, as things stand, we still live and operate in a world whose systems and laws and responses may be molded historically by males. The change, I think, we're beginning 
to consider as even a possibility and, and see in very small ways, sometimes moving two steps forward and two steps or three steps back, but then four steps forward, is, is our ability to contain within each of us all of those attributes of strength and reason and, and tenderness and uh, power. that maybe sometime back in history were more severely delineated. Maybe there's a reason we're coming to understand that, that all of these things belong to all of us, as do the rights that go with them. Melissa said, if you don't think there's a war on women, or was it Allison? Allison said, if you don't think there's a war on women, you're not paying attention, sort of. I paraphrase. This week, with some struggle over what would be included, the Violence Against Women Act was renewed by Congress. It was broadened a little bit to include de- domestic violence among uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender individuals and some very, very, very specific instances of violence against Native American women. It's a baby step, but it's another step. Um, I got an email from Lynn Benefield. She used to be a member here a long time ago. Was always busy with women's stuff. Um, and it said that the 58th Commission on the Status of Women in, is in the United Nations is uh, meeting, but somehow it's in the uh, Nigerian mission, so that's not at the UN. But they're having an event tomorrow from 4 to 6 Eastern time. And they're asking everyone to spend some time in those two hours centered or prayerful or meditative about violence against women in the world to try to support their efforts to address these things internationally. There'll be another conference, I think, in uh, 2015, an international women's conference. So there are some things going on. Um, But there are also groups that seem to be very systematically trying to unravel the progress that's been made in the last decade 50 years, century. And as I listen to to things that are put on the news, I keep having a flash of that image of barefoot and pregnant. And the people that were instrumental in bringing about the changes that we, the progress that has been made are very wary of what's going on and they're paying attention. But there there are at least two generations that have come since then that really don't understand how much involvement it took 
to make just these little steps. And we need to do what we can to help educate those who have come afterwards. Yes, we made a modest gain of two seats in Congress with the last election, but our voice is still nowhere near proportional to our numbers. And erosion never sleeps. I heard on one report this week that even the Supreme Court is kind of saber-rattling about its potential willingness to carry some things backwards. We don't have the luxury of taking our eyes off the prize of equality. The erosion is perpetual, and tending to things is one of those roles that historically so often falls to women. Uh, who is it? Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> History and its writing have demonstrated and hopefully taught us that women will be forgotten if they forget to think about themselves. if they forget to act on their own behalf and share their stories, their experiences in one form or another, write, lobby, run for office, paint, teach. Or as I recently heard a guest preacher say at Mount Canaan Baptist Church, conversate. He said, I know that's not a word, but it should be. (laughs) Build up what others would tear down. The always inspiring poet Maya Angelou wrote, You can write me down in history with hateful, twisted lies. You can tread on me in this very dust, but still, like dust, I'll rise. You see, I believe that the essence, the spirit of women, is love just like what we claim as the doctrine of this church. I don't think it's limited to women, certainly. But I think in in that nurturing, natural essence somewhere, there is is love along with exuberance for others, um, relationship. Collaboration. (laughs) What a novel concept. If our numbers were more in proportion in Congress, do you think we'd have these stalemates? Let's talk. There's an ethic of care, as Carol Gilligan would call it, that that is part of what is traditionally woman. 
I'm going to skip over a good bit here. But I do want to I do want to read a blurb by uh, Susan Nolan Hoeksema from a book entitled The Power of Women. If you could play God and create the perfect leader for our times, what would this person look like? You would want this person to be wise able to comprehend many sides of complicated issues and create novel and innovative solutions to problems. You would want the perfect leader to be working for the good of the whole group, not just personal power or glory. The perfect leader would inspire others by understanding their perspectives, capitalizing on their strengths, and overcoming their weaknesses. And the perfect leader would persist until a job was done, even if it meant personal sacrifice. You've just described a woman. Women lead with wisdom, integrity, and inspirational power every day in their families, their workplaces, and their communities. They often aren't recognized for this leadership because they don't wave their arms and ask for recognition. Instead, they simply harness their strengths to get the job done, fix the problems as they arise, and help people in need. Every day, women utilize their strengths to lead others to better lives. Whether it be their children or partners, their neighbors or friends, or their co-workers and employees, in quiet ways and in bold ways, they take others by the hand and lift them up, like Claudia's story. They build and nurture lives. They create and inspire organizations. They leave a radiant mark on the world. You know, you can make of this what you will, but evidence would indicate that without significant influence from women, cooperative and collaborative solutions are a lot less likely. I do very, very much want to thank all of the men who are here and support all of these efforts. The ones who aren't here and support all of these efforts. Do you know how special you are? Do you know how unique you are? Do you know how important you are? The Secretary General of the Fourth World Conference on Women, Gertrude Mangala, is quoted as saying, a revolution has begun and there is no going back. There will be no unraveling of commitments, not today's commitments, not last year's commitments, and not the last decade's commitments. This revolution is too just, too important, and too long overdue. I believe that the essence of life, God, that which undergirds everything, is supporting this movement. And maybe it's at glacial pace, although glaciers are melting rather quickly. 
maybe it's at the pace of evolution. And maybe we won't see any of the kind of change we really think ought to be happening now within our short cycle. That doesn't keep it from being right. That doesn't keep it from being necessary. And it doesn't keep it from being exciting. Along with all of the other groups that we lift when the tide rises. Seems like the next step, hey? Eh?